When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The team wants the player to stay. The player wants to stay with the team. The city, for the most part, overwhelmingly I believe, wants the team to make it work with the player and the player to make it work with the team. Show me, please, any example of where that didn't turn into a contract. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. I'm back in Pittsburgh from Montreal. Took forever. Everything that you read, see, and hear about the travel challenges that they're having in Canada is uh, really, really accurate. Take it from someone who left his Montreal hotel at 8 a.m. on Saturday and was picked up at Pittsburgh International Airport by my wife at 8 p.m. Yeah, 12 hours. I could have driven it like in reverse and made it here faster down through Vermont and upstate New York. But enough complaining. What everyone wants to hear is what's the latest on Gino and the team. As I reported from Montreal over the weekend on DK Pittsburgh Sports, every indication, and I mean every, was that this is going to get done. What has changed since then? Well, nothing except that more time has passed and the entire process is now just that much closer to the Wednesday opening of the NHL's free agency season. Therefore, everyone's going to get a little bit more tightly wound. I get that. I appreciate that. However, having been there in Montreal on the floor and speaking with people and having every Every single one of them say to me that they expect that it'll get done with a little bit more moving, or the term that Ron Hextall must have used a hundred times up there, chipping away, everyone involved also realized that it hasn't been done yet. That means, and it absolutely has to mean, that there's more give to be had, probably in either direction. But it further means that they can't be very far apart. A lot of this same type of language, this chipping away stuff, 
was being cited in the final week or so leading up to Chris Letang getting six years, $36.6 million as he did. Now, everything that I've been told strongly suggests that Malkin's going to be in that same $6 million or so average annual value. So the only issue here, it would appear, is term. I've heard on my end that at varying points it's been either two or three years, although, again, when you hear these figures, these term figures, and even the money figures, you got to understand, first of all, you're almost always hearing about this stuff in some form, even if it's from a great source, secondhand or thirdhand, and there's only two people having actual dialogue, and that's Hextall and that's J.P. Barry, Malkin's agent. And either one of them can suggest something completely new in the time that it just took you and I to experience this segment together. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. What I believe will get this done, based on everything that I was able to pick up in Montreal, will be another year of term. I do believe that there's been an acceptance on the part of Malkin and his representation that Latang was going to be treated differently for the simple reason that Latang had no availability issues and was more durable than Malkin's been for quite a while. That's kind of an easy case for the team to make without denigrating the player. It's just a simple fact. Look under the GP column on the back of his hockey card, and then look what's there on the other guy's card. Latang, despite his early career history of injuries, has been there a lot for the Penguins. And when you additionally weigh how much Latang has played within games, regularly being a 25, 26 minute guy, being on all three phases of the team, including power play and penalty kill, again, easy case to make without denigrating Malkin. He's not a penalty killer, never has been one, probably not about to start now. Doesn't mean he's a better overall player, doesn't mean he's got a better overall chance, for example, to get into the Hall of Fame or anything like that. The discussion is about value right now and moving forward for the team. They're the ones that have to pay the money. One source within the Penguins, and this was late Saturday afternoon in Montreal, after I'd asked about Malkin, came right back and said, who do you think we'd replace him with? That was the question. I didn't get an answer. I got a question back. Who do you think we'd replace him with? And before I had a chance to chime in with some of the usual names that get spouted, and this was before the Predators had wrapped up. Philip Forsberg with an eight-year contract, and I had told everybody on this show Forsberg was nothing more than a pipe dream. Nashville absolutely was going to keep him, and they did. He came back with Vince Trocek and was not super flattering, and not in a critical way so much about Vince, who's a terrific player, but in comparing Vince to Malkin, wow, no, no. And when you end up seeing the kind of term 
that Vince is going to get. And God bless him. You'd love to see the Pittsburgh kids succeed, any of them, across the NHL. When you see the term that he gets, you're going to be wondering to yourself, wow, what kind of player is Vince Trocek going to be five or six years down the road? You don't really have to wonder that much what kind of player Gino will be in, I don't know, two or three years. He's still got his legs for the most part. You still see that when he cranks it up, he can make things happen, including with his skating. You've seen his renewed commitment. I should say new commitment, not renewed. His new commitment to playing all 200 feet. He's the guy. He's the guy they want. He's the guy they want to be their second-line center. But even beyond that, seriously, and this applies to everybody, myself included, we all need to take a step back from this and ask ourselves, are they really going to let this level of relationship fall apart over a single year, four years from now, when, who knows, the current GM might not even be here anymore you know these careers tend not to last very long if they want to get it done it's going to get done they definitely want to get it done there are still a couple of days to make that happen when we come back j1q J1Q comes from Jerry Mangle, who asks, assuming Evgeny Malkin, like Chris Letang, ends up signing for longer term than three years, what might that mean for Sidney Crosby in the future? Could he, too, be extended into his 40s? Sid has already made his end of this clear, Jerry, and he did that following Game 7 in New York in stating publicly anyway for the first time that he expects to play out the remainder of his contract and then, quote, we'll see from there, end quote. And that came across as anything but uh, some kind of challenge, you know, to management to make sure that whatever they do with the other two guys they need to do with him, he will play his career on his terms. He won't do it based on what uh, Gino or Latang or anybody else does, or for that matter, what the team would want. I'm glad you asked this, though, because I've wondered the same at various points in all these discussions with all these people about these other two players. Because you do think to yourself, man, if Latang's here for I don't know, six years is is crazy. I mean, to think that he'd be playing at 41. But if Latang's here for even four or five of those and can play at a reasonable level, and he himself says he thinks he can go on forever, and Gino were to get the extra year that it now appears he'd need to get to complete this contract, then he's poking up into 40, and he too would be staying longer than Sid, which would seem even more awkward. But then... Honestly, Jerry, I have to have like a, a snap myself back to attention moment and you know, realize what it is that we're talking about here. We're talking about a long time from now. A lot of different things can happen. And there's 
different levels of no movement clauses or trades or things that you can execute in order to move contracts once a player has faded and or decides to retire, even a great player like one of these three. God bless the Arizona Coyotes, but the reason they're in the league is to make sure that they can just barely spend up to the cap floor by taking on other people's unwanted contracts at the last minute. But man, I, I got I to gotta say this, and I don't care how this comes across, not to you, Jerry, but to, to like everyone listening. This dialogue in general is a little scary, okay? As much as I'm in favor of having all three of these guys back for the coming season, it does make me a little bit cringy to think about what it means three, four years down the road to have all of them potentially under contract. I had a, a brief uh, chat with Bill Guerin up in Montreal on the floor, and we were talking about the way the wild roster has come together since he's taken over as GM. He's actually done a really, really good job and doesn't get much credit for it around the league. And I, I made some kind of comment back to him where I just said, man, you know, if you just weren't saddled with those two deals, and he knew what I meant, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, who signed the simultaneous $100 million deals, you'll recall, from about a decade ago, it seems now. Well, their cap hits at around $14 million combined per year are still there on the books. There's nothing he can do about it. He just has to work around it. Minnesota has, as a result, a lower cap than anybody else. You hate to see that on a team that's got Kirill Kaprizov and some other really exciting young talents. Imagine what Garen and the Wild could do with that money. That's what you don't want to see here. Anyway, that has little to do with your, your question, Jerry. It just made me think of it. I appreciate that. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow, and maybe we'll be talking about a Geno deal. Who knows? Who knows?